Hi everybody, welcome to the next Model Me podcast. I am not going to say that I'm excited because I do that on every single podcast. Um, I'm actually very honoured today to have this guest on our podcast. So today we have Shawnee Maker. No, oh my god, I did it! (laughs) That's fine. Her name is not Shawnee Maker, guys. Her Instagram handle is Shawnee Maker and her real name is Shawnee Brett. Oh, we just spoke about this. It's fine. It's a good bit of self-promotion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, tell us who you are, Shawnee. I am... That's a hard one. Yes? Yeah, it's a hard one to right? thing. Yeah. And you're not what you do. We spoke about that last night. Right, the event. exactly. You're not what you do. So, I. who am I? I'm Shawnee Brett. Lovely. I am a Londoner. I'm an auntie. I'm a former stylist. Oh. Uh, I am a... Fashion sustainability consultant, amazing. Um, freshly, so and um, so you're not a stylist anymore. Yeah, well, I've been a stylist for ten years, wow. but I no longer identify as a stylist. Interesting. Yeah, no longer identify as a stylist. So you identify now as a fashion sustainability consultant. Yes, but this is brand new, like fresh, fresh, brand new. So wow. for the last six years, I've been working for a fashion tech startup built it um i was one of the first people there wow um, and so but very very recently i've moved on to try and make my way in fashion sustainability wow yeah. i keep meeting people in fashion sustainability lately like i'm not kidding or like constantly i just met a guy called tom something mm-hmm. tom will listen to this and he'll be like that's me um yeah i met this guy last week and he had this four ocean sticker Yes. on his Mac mm. and I asked him what what is that do you work for that is that your company and he's like no I, I freelance with them um anyway then we got talking because he also then told me he's starting a brand mm-hmm. a clothing he's starting a clothing line made out of seaweed oh great isn't that amazing yeah so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to research that yeah literally you remember his surname I've got it on my phone for sure great. like I screenshot when I meet people so mm-hmm. it's a, a little tip for you guys if mm-hmm. you ever if you're someone like me I, I meet so many people all the time it's amazing but it can be quite um, overwhelming sometimes and like tonight I'm going to my friend's event and I'm like I know I'm going to meet so many people and mm-hmm. it's going to be a case of like you meet them, you get their Instagram, you get their number, and you just should screenshot the contact or screenshot the Instagram. Because then also what's great is you can go back to that date and be like, okay, where did I meet them? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know when I met someone at work. I know when I met someone at the gym because of the time that it saves on my phone. Yeah. Um, Apparently that's what Emma Watson does. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she has a little book because she meets so many people. Oh. And it's kind of weird, right? Because if you have that introduction, you're like, hi, I'm this person, and someone gets out the book and writes it down. It's a bit... <laughs> weird but it makes sense because then the next time you see them you can be like you hi yeah no it's good it's, it's better polite. for your it is it yeah. is polite and I think it's I mean yeah she's she's British isn't she <laughs> how British are she's so British yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I think I, I like that idea actually you know what I'm supposed to do every week is I promised myself I would I would put them all on like one kind of spreadsheet mm-hmm. so that like I could go back and properly be like okay especially now with model me you know and we're building this database it's like I want to build a community of people that I can plug into all the time. Yes. And let's say I need a photographer. Yeah. Like I go back, could go back. The idea is I would go back on this list and be like, okay, there's 25 photographers that I can choose from. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably more I have. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's just 
let's reach out, see who wants to do something. Yeah. Um, I do wonder why there there isn't a LinkedIn for creative people mm. because LinkedIn kind of works for creative people, but it's not optimized for creative people. Mm. And actually, if you had that, that was like a community of like fashion people, model, stylist, photographers, videographers, because the amount of times that people are like, I just need a videographer like, yeah. in a few days' time. That doesn't. Someone should build that. There is a website called mycomeup.com, mm. which um, is by a guy called Leonard Seconda. Oh, okay. He just did a podcast with me not long ago, yeah. and but it's kind of a bit more like Tinder for business. Okay. You match people, mm-hmm. and you can like pick if you want to do um, what you want from the app from the from the web. It's a website now. It's about to be an app, I think. Um, you can pick what you want. From certain elements like do you want mentorship do you want sponsorship do you want partners mm. like you get to choose which is actually a really really cool idea yeah. I feel like someone is I feel like I've met someone recently that is doing that yeah what you said anyway if you're not do that um, <laughs> yeah make a noise but we all know that we all know that starting a tech company is wild yes so how did that absolutely work absolutely crazy did you think you'd ever work in tech um well I was a geek at okay. school but like, <laughs> I was like a theatre geek. Okay. Very much one of those types of people. Right. But then went it got into fashion as soon as I left uni. I did psychology at uni, so I had that whole kind of academic thing going on. But after I graduated, went straight into fashion. Oh, wow. And uh, So interesting. You did psychology and then you went into fashion. Yeah. Interesting. I think I just wanted to have a bit of a fabulous time for a yeah. while. And like, yeah. Um, and did you think that's what you would get? Glamorous, doesn't it? Right. On the inside, it's not glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so had a marvelous time. Worked. So were you surprised by the industry then when you first went into it? You were like, oh, this is not what I thought. I think I had the right types of conversations early on with mentors and people that would tell me what what to expect. Okay. Like you won't get paid for a year and a half, and you'll be treated like this and so I was I think I was quite good at kind of just going rolling with the punches a bit your expectations were set yeah yeah I think so so I wasn't too surprised but I definitely jumped jumped like fully in for a while and I was at Love Magazine and I was at Burberry for a bit um, and then how was that working with such big companies I mean I, I actually loved working at Burberry yeah yeah I was there for two years which I think was the right amount of time I, I loved it yes yeah. a fascinating company and what they're doing is great yeah they're really good at balancing um, looking backwards and forwards at the same time I mm. think so they're really good at kind of cherishing what it means to be British but at the same time like innovating um, always kind of keeping an eye on what's new so I worked there and then wanted to work somewhere smaller and also as a stylist, I, I didn't want to work in luxury anymore. I didn't want to be sort of helping um, rich people show how rich they are by what they wear. I, need, right. I, I really didn't want to work in luxury. I wanted to work with real people and help them feel better. Wow. So the company, the tech company that I was working at was Thread, um, which is an online menswear personal styling service. I feel like I've heard of Thread. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's doing really well. Yeah. Um, H&M uh, invested in them last year. Wow, amazing. Um, which was a huge win for them. Um, it's weird not saying us and saying them now. Yeah, yeah, um, that's weird. I'm so, so, so proud of what I did there. Um, and sort of building a company that somehow creates a community that's half creative and half tech together mm. with such different brains working together it was 
fascinating. Really? Yeah. Really, 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 so cool. So the the founders, their yeah. idea was was that was that their initial idea, like to build something that could bring two different industries together more. I think that was sort of more um, the sort of situation that came from their idea. Their idea was um, that when you dress well, when you feel that you're dressing well, it feels so amazing. Your confidence is, is unlocked essentially, mm. and so it's helping as many people as possible to have that feeling. And the idea is that traditional shopping just doesn't quite get you to that place where you really feel confident in what you wear and that you need that help from a stylist who can um, pick them for you and help you find the right things. Okay, amazing. Um, so you've got a stylist, but you've also got algorithms that the stylists are kind of helping. Okay. So you've got um, an algorithm that almost replicates the brain of a stylist and helps you find the things that are right for you, which is how it sort of scales to millions of men around the UK. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, I'm so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so... Um, I, I'm so in admiration of what it is that they yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my own personal journey had to stop there, but I'm still um, a massive fan. Yeah, you're a big fan. That's yeah. nice. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. So, when did you become more interested in this idea of being sustainable in a world, perhaps that, in a fashion world, let's say? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's quite hard as a stylist. It must be, you know. And yeah. I mean, I'm even looking at stuff, and I'm trying to be more conscious. This in so many ways but at the same time it's like I have to turn off sometimes like my brain has to I physically have to go Ooh, sometimes every now and then because what happens is I just become so obsessed and then I start looking at everything with like a different lens yeah. and I'm like whoa okay stop and I just have to kind of pull myself back and go it's okay to use plastic every now and then but yes. it's not the truth is it's not however there just aren't enough alternatives, I don't yeah. think, for us to create that default go-to yet. Um, I think it is. I think it is okay. Yeah? I think single-use plastic is bad. Right. Um, and that should definitely be avoided. Um, but there are some situations where plastic is is okay. Mm. Say, if it's like something like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about plastic to say and feel confident talking about it that much, but... This, for example, like a water bottle that you use like a hundred times. Yeah. That that's all right. Um, it should be okay. Right. Or at least not okay, but we should be all right with having a few little bits and pieces that we're not doing perfectly. Yeah. Because I think that there's um you know, around Patagonia. Yes. So um, the CEO, he's fascinating and his company is amazing. But he says that sustainability is not a word that we should be using. We shouldn't be using the word sustainable. We should be using the word responsible because actually sustainable is not possible. Like, there's no such thing as perfect in a in a sustainable world. Like, mm. um, we're all doing our best and we can all do better. Yeah. But actually, trying to get to a place where we're using like zero plastic and all wearing hemp is just not going to happen. Um, so <laughs> all wearing hemp. Wow. Yeah. So we can all just pick an area of our lives where we do a bit better and just go go there. Yeah, I like that actually. I like the idea, and I think that there's this. Oh gosh, okay, wow. How do I go in on this? So <laughs> I went to a conference a couple of weeks ago um, called Color Conference, which is um, it's like a women's conference, right? So yeah. we're there, and there's a woman called Christine Kane that talks on um, the stage, and she's talking about this idea of that certain areas in our life mm. we lie down and we like sit down and we like oh god it's so hard like the system we blame the system we blame the people we blame certain things in our life instead of like pressing on pushing forward mm. and it's funny because 
Another th- I mean, I have literally recited her message like, oh my God, at least 52 times <laughs> in the last like two and a half weeks. Um, it really, really, really struck a chord with me. Yeah. It wasn't even two and a half weeks ago. When was it? It was the beginning of May. It's mm. the 15th. It was, it was literally less than two weeks ago. Um, but I have really told her story so many times and this is what I got from that, um, that sermon, I suppose I would call it, because she really made me think about so many different things. I mean, there's, it really struck chords on the night with me, but even since then, I've been thinking about, you know, and I was thinking about what we would talk about. It was like, okay, from a, a sustainable point of view, like, are there certain areas in our life where we are kind of sat back that perhaps we need to work harder on? Yeah. Um, and perhaps maybe right now we can't work harder on them, but we just need to be a bit more conscious of exactly. that idea. Exactly, and it's all about consciousness. And it's not even just around sustainability. It's just being consciousness. It's just being conscious in general. Mm. Always aware of what are the forces that are making, helping me make my decision right now. Mm. So, like, I am all for just calling bullshit on why am I plucking my eyebrows? That's the thing. Like a few years ago, I just stopped plucking my eyebrows. Yeah, I stopped. Yeah, just what? Because why? Like, who's telling me what? Yeah. And just always thinking about what those things might be. And so that is definitely how my journey began with clothes, oh, where wow. I was buying at least one item a week. Wow. I, I actually think that's quite normal now. Like now that I talk about it a lot, I can hear that a lot of people, you can sort of t- see a twinkle in their eye and you know that they're like, oh gosh, that's me too. Yeah. And I just suddenly, at one point, just thought, hang on a second, like, what is this that I'm doing? Is, is this an addiction? Who's telling me that I need to be buying these clothes? And I just sort of called bullshit on it and, and decided to stop. So I'm not buying clothes for a year at the moment. Oh yes, yeah. so this is... This is, I mean, this is a big thing, right? As a woman, as a stylist. Yes. A big thing to not want to buy clothes. Well, it's not that you don't want to. Yeah. You do want to. So. But it's an active choice that you're making. I chose on the 5th of November to stop buying clothes for a year of any kind. No, not even secondhand, nothing. And it was, to be honest, I just thought it would be a bit of fun a good money saver mm. I knew it would be good for the environment and I thought it might be quite good for an addiction yeah to shopping yeah but it's completely it, honestly Natasha has changed my life really because, because this was November three months Six later I had in my notice wow yeah because the way that it changed my psychology thinking about the difference between wanting something and needing something and realising that I had been for a long time lying to myself and being like, I need these shoes and I need where but I don't actually need any of the things that I'm getting at all. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's been amazing. And everyone's so supportive of it. Yeah. So it's been just quite a fun challenge. Like anytime I bump into someone I know in the street, they're like, how's no new clothes going? And um yeah, really, really keeps you going. I would, yeah, try, I would it. try it. Like, and anyone can do, do it in a different way. So lots of my friends are doing it now. A lot of them are doing it for a year. Some of them are doing it for a month. All of them have different terms and conditions. So mm. some of them are like, well, I'm buying second... I'm, some of them will buy second hand, or some of them are allowed to buy like one thing a month. Mm. So anyone can, yeah, anyone can sort of figure out whatever their own terms and rules are. But it's a really fascinating exercise in, in consciousness. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. And just becoming a conscious consumer. I think that um, it's funny because I had this decision, I had this kind of, I don't know, I didn't realise I was doing it really until I did it, but at the end of last year, I just, it was a more of like a, it was I had no space, mm. and I was, I moved into my new flat in Myland, and 
I used to live in Ealing, and in Ealing I had this beautiful, like, six-door wardrobe. It was amazing. But that I'd never used, basically, because I just... I was just so lazy with hanging up all my clothes, basically. And that would be, like, the first room that I would sort out. We'd be like, you had a walk-in wardrobe? <laughs> no, it was, like, a six-door across... Okay. Across the one of the walls in my room. Um, and I had a shelf top, shelf bottom, and a rail in every one. Oh. And I just, I, I just didn't care or love like my clothes as much as mm. I, on not, not like I love my clothes now, but like I, I just have a bit more respect. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I think that's really important. Yeah, and just it's a like, bit more respect. Just a bit more of a cherishing. Yeah. Do you know what? One of the worst things that happened this year. There've been ups and downs. I say worst things happened this year. Sorry, in the context of no new clothes. <laughs> Um, my husband spilt a cup of tea over a white, my favourite white shirt. Oh wow! And this was like a few months in, so I was still in withdrawal. And <laughs> <laughs> the way you talk about it, I was still in withdrawal. Still in withdrawal. Oh my god! And also, I couldn't even be angry with him because he'd made me a cup of tea. Right. So anyway, he spilled a cup of tea down this white shirt, and I think. A few months ago, I would have been like, oh, I guess I better buy a new white shirt. But because that wasn't an option for me, I was just cherished this white shirt. Like, I took it to a specialist cleaner to get it cleaned. Now, every time I wear it, it the, the, the stain came out. Now, every time wow. I wear it, I'm just really respecting it. And with every single item, I'm feeling the same. And if something gets a stain on it or it sort of discolours, I'm thinking about, like, what colour can I dye it or like how can I customise it so that it's still something I can wear and love for a little bit longer. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah you're and massively inspiring me, wow. Ah, well, you, honestly, like, the, do you know what? The other hard thing is um, active wear. Oh, yeah, that's the one, that's the first thing that just came to my head five minutes ago. I was like, but, but where in town, my active wear, like, I actually need that. Like, what? Okay, so my term, in my terms and conditions, if... I'll try and remember the exact words. I think it is like, if an item breaks, damages, or is completely unwearable and you have no no alternatives whatsoever, and it's an essential item, then you are allowed to replace it, but only like for like. So you can't okay. buy like a, a snazzy new pair of like exciting coloured leggings. You have to wear the exact, you have to buy the exact same pair of black leggings. Wow. Because the issue is the newness, right? The issue is that um, there's this like, gratifying feeling of buying something and then it's new and you feel excited because you can be more creative again or something. Yeah. But that's cheating. Yeah. So I have bought a pair of black leggings. And you've been, oh, that's so good. Well done. Yeah. Proud of you. But I felt guilty about it. Wow. feverish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. And the thing yeah. is, activewear, I mean, so me and um, Shawnee met at Block, of course, how I meet so <laughs> many of my new, new good friends. Um, and... I mean, I think I only realised that what you were doing when I, you know, I suppose it's not something you necessarily talk about at the end of a bar class. Like, mm. so yeah, I've given up clothes for a year. Like, how <laughs> yeah. you talk about By that? Way. Yeah, just yeah. so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find it fascinating, you know, when I saw on your Instagram, I was like, wow, <laughs> that is like so interesting. And even when I introduced you to my friend Rebecca, yeah. when she came to my event, she was like, wow and you're a stylist like and it is it's a really big deal and I think you know for me the space issue that I had when I moved to Mile End I mean I still I went from a you know a six-door wardrobe to a two-door wardrobe and I did not use my six-door wardrobe so I'm really sorry to my six-door wardrobe but I realize now that 
and I have like I have to have like piles of clothes on my floor because there just is not enough drawer space. It's or, a floor drape. Yeah, it yeah. literally is a floor drape for sure. And I have now had to start recycling. Like, okay, so my winter clothes are going to go sit in that suitcase and yeah. my summer ones are going to sit there. Because also we live in England, mm-hmm. and I don't know when I'm going to go away and if I'm going to need a certain thing or coat. Sure. And taking it back to Cheshire to my mum's house is not really an option, mm-hmm. as much as I would like it to be more so. And so I kind of made the decision. I was like, I'm going to stop buying so many damn clothes, mm-hmm. and. I just actually, like, then you get to a point where you're like, I'm just craving, I'm just craving, I'm craving new clothes. Yeah. But now, because I really got through this thing at the end of last year where I was like, and I was also really sick. I was really not well for a few months and I didn't want to buy anything new because I just didn't feel good about myself. Mm. Why would I want to buy anything new to then not wear it? Like, yeah. it's just so backwards. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I actually just realised I have some clothes at home that I don't want. I'm going to give them to you <gasps> because I don't want them and I just know I don't wear them. Half of them are brand new. Um, I've got like these floral trousers that are like velvet from Zara that I bought for like £12 in the sale. Oh my god. They're brand new. I never wear them. You can have them. Oh my god. <laughs> I just realised. It's Christmas. I was like, but. Today is Christmas. Today is Christmas. And I've got these yellow cords too, which I just don't wear. Like you can you can look at them as well. They sound glorious. But you're so tiny though. I don't know if they'll fit you. But I'm like, you could probably make them look really cute because you're a stylist as well. So like, I know you would make it work. And I'll see you wear them and I'll be like, Oh, I've worn them like that. So yeah, looks good. I'll borrow them. I might even do that actually. That might be really interesting to give you like a load of clothes to lend to see how you like style them and stuff. It could be like a project that we do. This <gasps> sounds great. Let's wow, do it. let's yeah. do it. Okay, 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 okay. And this is what I love about a challenge like this because weird stuff happens like this. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think like I've had other friends that have given me consignment lens for like a month or so and then I've given things back just so that I can kind of try out different things I love that so yeah. much yeah, okay we're going to do that for okay, sure it sounds great for sure. Deal. but it is, it's interesting as soon as I became conscious of the side I was like well, I'm just not going to buy clothes it was a space thing and then I was saving money and I was like great and I was only going to like high street stuff it's not like I was spending thousands and hundreds of pounds on things but it was the fact that I just didn't need it and then I think the next time I bought something was like a a plain black top that I needed, like a crop top. And then yeah. after that, I mean, recently, um, a few weeks ago, I went and just bought a plain black hoodie that mm-hmm. I was needing in my wardrobe in the sense that it was it's a really good in-between item mm-hmm. instead of going straight to a coat. Yeah. So it's just so interesting because I'm like, hmm. And like now I'm at this point where, okay, it's summer. I don't own any summer jackets, really. Summer is the worst for, for no new clothes. Yeah. Because I also think that in England, we we have a pretty good sense of our winter style. Yeah. Like as soon as you're layering, I think it's easy. Yeah. But then in the summer, I'm looking at all my summer clothes and I'm like, I think I'm just going to have to wear t-shirts and shorts every day because I just yeah. don't, I don't, everything's a bit shabby. Like all the dresses, we <laughs> go a bit funny after a year and I think summer style is going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, it's because true. It's, it's, there's nothing better than like going on a shop, buying a new bikini for the summer. Yeah. Like buying some dresses for the weddings you're going to. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna be fine. It's ju- I, I actually hate shopping for bikinis. That's one of my biggest pet shopping hates because really, yeah, because I have my body is. And I don't know. Maybe now it would be different, but definitely a year ago, I don't think I even did it. In the end, I was thinking, oh, I need a bikini. I was like, nah, and I was so off put by it. And I don't know. I have such a flat chest that I find it quite hard to find a nice bikini that makes like makes me still look womanly and I know that sounds ridiculous and I should embrace my flat chest but and I do and I love that but it's like like the bra I have is that my favorite kind of bra is just a 
a plain, simple t-shirt bra, you sure. know, yeah. like with an underwire. Yeah. Um, I don't like not wearing a no underwire because yeah. no underwire makes me look like a boy. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? I want to look like a boy. Yeah. I like, like looking like a in boy. In some respects, I, yes, I want to have no chest. But in, in, in other things, if I'm wearing like a tight top or something... And because I have scoliosis, yeah. that again, I think is just a subconscious thing that I look, I can look quite boxy sometimes. And then I get paranoid, oh, is my shoulder this? Because I do naturally have one shoulder higher than the other. Yeah. And naturally my back is, I used to say it's deformed. I shouldn't say that word about myself. <laughs> but um, it's one of these things that like, I really had to, now I may be different because I, you know, I train so much now and my body is a very different shape, but I used to hate shopping for bikinis and oh, even lingerie, like I'm mm-hmm. not a fan, like, like I would much rather you be like, you should go buy this. Yes. Which is so sad actually because lingerie, like whether you have a husband or a partner or, or what, I just want to get married by the way, which is why I went straight to husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, skip the boyfriend part, I just want hubby. Um, so, but it's funny because I don't really necessarily have this eye. I don't know, I suppose when I had my boyfriend, I'd be like, ooh, I'm going to wear this and he's going to see it and it's going to look nice. Yeah. And then when I became single, I was like, oh, I'm going to wear this for me. Mm-hmm. And I, that was so liberating. Yeah. Being in a relationship for four and a half years and then all of a sudden being like, mm, no one's going to see it. Like, I really yeah. love that. Yeah. And now I'm just at this plateau where I'm just like, as long as I'm comfortable yes. and I know it looks cute, exactly. I don't mind. And that's why it all comes back to questioning the forces that are helping you make decisions. Yes. Because actually, like... If you're sitting, if you're if you're looking at yourself in a bikini and thinking about how a man's going to view you, uh, ooh, mm-hmm. where really it should be like, what will I be doing in this bikini? Will I be rolling around in the sand? Will I be swimming? Yes. Yeah. How I, durable is it? What colours do I like? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. I think I'm. You know, I I was in. I basically had nine years of relationships back to back. So it was like two and a half years, two years, four and a half years. Then we broke up and four months later I met my American ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. that was with for four months. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that I give him the, I hate to say that he broke my heart, but he did, whereas the other three did not. And I've been very, very lucky. I've met some wonderful men mm-hmm. and I've been in wonderful relationships. And, you know, all of them, even the American ex, even though he broke my heart, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world. And I've really forgiven that whole journey and that whole process but it's so interesting because I think you know from the age of 15 from what 14 14 15 you know for nine ten years I was literally not that I was I mean I'm very I've always been very strong-willed I've always been very independent and very opinionated and I'll never forget the day I became well the day I got scouted to be a model um my you know my four and a half year ex-boyfriend we'd been together at this point for about three years and I went back home Went back home to Nottingham because I lived there then. Yeah. And I was like, oh, imagine if. And I was doing my makeup in our ensuite mirror. I'll never forget it. I was doing my makeup and I was like, imagine if like, I actually do become a model. I wonder <laughs> what that might mean. Because I was 22 then. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder what that might mean. Like, what that might look like, you know, like, what would that be? Uh, will we move to London? Like, and I was like asking this thing because he already worked here week in week out and lived in a hotel and came home at the weekend and he just like scoffed and was like oh I just don't think you should do what do you say he's like oh, I just don't think you should do it and I was like sorry <laughs> and I like took a step back from the mirror and I looked at him and I was like what 
And, um, I was like, what are you saying? And he went, I just don't think it suits your image. That's what he said Sorry. to me. No. <laughs> yeah. no. He said, I just don't think it suits your image. And I was like, when did you decide what my image is? Like, first of all, why are we talking about image? Yeah. Let's talk about like what drives us and what yeah. passion. Yeah. And he went straight to image. He went straight to the fact that it didn't suit me. He went straight to trying to define me. And I'd never, he'd never done anything like this ever. It was very out of character. And it wasn't an argument that we had, but I just kind of looked at him and I was like, you're never going to decide like how I define myself. I was like, that's down to me. Like That is not down to you. And it's funny because only more, as I get older, that conversation and as I become, you know, as I grow in the creative industry, even with Model Me now, you know, it's like, I think about this thing that he said to me and how he didn't mean it maliciously at all. It was more of a, I think he could have been doing it out of love, you know, like, a, yeah. oh, but, you know, you hear terrible things about the industry sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when you're not in it, you don't really know the complexity of sure. it. Sure, but you have so, to do that for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. That's and the thing. if you think back, if there was somebody at every single point of your life since then who was telling you who you are, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be where you are now mm-hmm. because you have to figure that out for yourself. I find that so really true. difficult though with my husband because we, sh- you know, we share all of our struggles together. If he's having issues at work or if I'm having issues at work, but ultimately, it's it's so hard not to give him my opinion on what he should do with his career because honestly, like, it's really not my problem. Right. Even when we're, even though we're married, he needs to figure out what what's right for him. Right. And if I give him the decisions. Then he might resent me later because I put I don't know what I don't know what yeah because you were like you should do this yeah and if he asks me for advice I'll willingly tell him like what my perspective is but that's my perspective and ultimately it's down to him mm. I'm angry I'm angry with this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I, and I told him I was like you don't define what I who I am like you just like you don't and I think the thing is you know for nine years of my life I was so not. I mean, you know, and I have, if we want to say daddy issues, we can say that, but, um, you know, I never had a, a male role role model in my life. Yeah. My granddad, yes, who is amazing, and my granddad is the entrepreneur in my family, and is the reason I think I have this spirit about me, but... Um, and maybe he doesn't even know that, I don't think. You know, sometimes you, you think, do I even tell people I love the most that? Mm. But it's just incredible, because I remember... I look back now, I'm so glad I'm single now. I'm so glad. And I'm so ready to wait and be patient and just, like, I recently, a few weeks ago, broke it off with dating this person because of whatever happened. And I'm like, you know what? I just really need to focus on, like, my business, who I am, my purpose, like, really growing into this better version of myself because what happens is you become so heavily dependent without even knowing I didn't even know I was dependent on certain people's opinions, but of course, when you have a boyfriend, you, and like, you, you know, especially when you're young, yeah. like, when yeah. you're so young and you just grow into that and you grow up with that, I didn't know how to be single, like, yeah. I didn't, I was going from boyfriend to boyfriend, I mean, I only did it twice, but the point is, it was sure. boyfriend to boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> like, I completely understand. So, and I definitely have that of looking back at old relationships and being like, who actually even was that person? Mm. But to me, my, my um, view of you when I, you know, when we met, when we've been chatting in the gym and like the more I get to know you is that you stand alone as your own person, mm. as your own strong ray of sunshine, which you definitely are. Oh, <laughs> you, you don't, and you, yeah, it's really exciting this point in your life where your business is just like kicking off and just, it's 
you know, you're doing amazingly. Yeah, it's true. So that's an exciting moment just to be fully on your own, to stand alone and celebrate that. It's so funny because I even thought about this last night because, I mean, it's, it is it is no secret that I want to get married. And <laughs> it's just no secret. And God knows my heart. God knows what I want in life. <laughs> But I'm like, I, I talk about it nearly every day, like this idea of marriage and getting married. It's and, very oh, romantic. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. <laughs> and even last night on my way back from the event, I was thinking, wow, and I have my husband. When <laughs> <laughs> I have my husband. <laughs> it's like, when I have my husband, what, will he come to my events? Will he help me? Will he will he deliver the products with me? Will we will we do this together? Like what would it look like? Will he plan with me? Will he be will he video the event for me? Will he host host the event with me? How will that look? And it was so funny because I just for a moment on the way home I just ah just it was daydreaming and I was in my friend's car and my friend was giving me a lift home, but I still managed to daydream because I think so many women are so good at that, aren't we? We're like, my mind drifted off, but I'm still in the conversation. It's so weird. And <laughs> It was just a very, it, it really made me think about like where I'm at now and it really made me like so kind of happy to be in this moment where I'm present and I think it's so important to be so as present as you can. Absolutely. And I think that like for you going back full circle to the giving up clothes for a year, it's such an incredible, it's such an incredible example that you're leading mm -hmm. and I think that you probably don't quite perhaps realise the effect that this is going to have for years to come on people and different movements and things and I think that it's actually quite incredible and I feel quite lucky that we're, we're talking about this now and in you know, in a year's time we're going to be in a situation where this whole other awareness has come yes. from it so I hope so I hope it starts a movement there's tons that can happen from it yeah um I am now taking it into my career and thinking about ways that I can really campaign with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to see where it goes. So how did your career come out of that? So I um, no longer felt that I could be part of the problem. So if I'm spending my life figuring out how to help people buy clothes, mm. then I'm denying my truth, wow. which is that I don't think that people should be buying as much as they are. Right. And so what I would much prefer to do is get to a place where I am helping fashion companies to enlighten their customers and to help their customers be more conscious, buy more smartly. And even though I think that it can seem like a, a tricky business model, I think that that will create more loyalty in the long run. Yeah. And that people will end up trusting brands more if brands are really helping them understand all of the implications mm. that happen when you buy one item mm. um, and where it was made, um, how it was made, how you can recycle it, all of those things. Because... Um, yeah, the stats are quite alarming. I mean, literally in the last 15 years, it's doubled the amount of clothes that are being produced in wow. the world. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely awful. And apparently in 2014, there were so many clothes made in 2014, and, and more now, but then there's a stat that says that in 2014, so many clothes were made enough for every single person in the world to own 14 items of clothing. Okay, that's my one stat. I'm not doing any more stats. Tell me again. Okay. This lady came up to the window and, and distracted me. That's fine. Don't worry. And I think she's gone to another room. Yes. Oh, Sorry. nice. That's good, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So I mean, I just looked at her and I was kind of thinking, I'm in a podcast time. Like, I'm not <laughs> disrupting this stat for anyone. <laughs> but please tell me again, because I, I need to be present here that. Okay. So, so many clothes were made in 2014, enough clothes that every single person in the world 
could have owned 14 items of clothing. Wait, I'm going to say it again. That, wow. that, didn't, that wasn't clear. Look, I have it here. Look. This is for work. I'm, writing, I'm currently doing a, um, some volunteering for the Environmental Justice Foundation. Wow. And this is it. The number of garments produced annually uh, in 2014 exceeded 100 billion, which is nearly 14 items of clothing for every person on Earth. And since then, we're making even more, than, more clothes. And how many people on Earth don't have... Close. Any clothes. Well, yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous, which means that there are some people that are... Yeah, it's appalling. It's it's really, really bad. Um, so, it's yeah. fascinating. Oh, my gosh, my brain. It's incredible, though, isn't it? So what do you see in the future? Like, what's next? Like, are you... So you're... Like, brands are finding out who you are, and they're like, okay, come and talk to us. Like, what can we do? Yeah, so there are some brands that are doing amazingly. Um, all, all sorts of brands being much more transparent about what, how clothes are made, having take-back services so that if something you've worn, you've worn it out, you can send it back to them and they can deal with sort of just discarding it and disposing of it responsibly. Um, but there are lots of brands that don't quite know what to do. Mm-hmm. There are sort of three different areas that need to be focused on and I think there's one big gap in the middle. So one big area is around how clothes are made, um, making sure that they're made well, that we're not using up too much of the world's resource, that we're not um, emitting too much carbon dioxide, but also that, that the people that are making them are treated fairly. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole area around waste and making sure that we're not just chucking everything in the landfill because yeah. literally 70% of clothes are sent to a landfill at the moment. What? Or incinerated. 70%? Yeah. So it's trying to kind what of... clothes create, that are made? Clothes that are made, yeah. So they're not even worn? Uh, sometimes they're worn. So yeah. Set, sometimes, so, wow. Yeah. Um, people, I mean, people just chuck things in the bin, honestly. Wow. But also, um, so there's, there's a whole area around waste and recycling that needs to be focused on, and loads of great companies doing that. But there's a whole area in the middle, which is like, none of that makes any difference if we're going to continue our addiction to clothing. Over yeah, it's true. So that's the area for me. So basically, any brands that want to kind of enlighten their customers and really help the customer participate in this world of fashion sustainability, that's what I'm going to be working on. Wow. And I've got a course coming up in Cambridge that I'll be doing as well to try and learn more. So, so yeah, cool, watch man. the space. Yeah. So how can we find you? So as I said before, at Shawnee Maker. I also have No Newness, which is my other Yeah, I love that one. one. Uh, where I'm just calling out cool women around the world who are wearing sustainable clothes. Love that. Uh, and that's that, yeah. So amazing. Thanks so much for doing this with us. I'm, I'm inspired and I hope you guys are too. Um, you can find Model Me on Instagram. It's model underscore me. Our website is modelmemission.co.uk and um, this podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, which you probably know because you're listening to it now. <laughs> and we have another event on Monday. So very excited for that. It's at the Curtain and it's called Trending Now and Next and it's with three pioneers in the creative industry. And we're going to be unpacking what is luxury actually oh great what is luxury what defines it what Mm. defines success Mm -hmm. and how we can use social media to impact consumer culture in a really positive way so great i'll be there amazing thank you guys